Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks continue to face stiff competition in the recruitment of Dylan Stewart. Plus, official visit season has officially begun in Columbia. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. And Gamecock fans... It is now officially approaching the best time of the year. And not Christmas, which is still six months away, but we're talking about official visit season for Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks. Shane Beamer has built up quite the reputation in the month of June of being a tenacious recruiter and landing a lot of his class in this stretch. And we're getting ready to discuss that in more detail with Locked On's resident recruiting insider, Brian Smith, who is joining me on today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Brian, appreciate you joining me on today's show. Thank you, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine, Brian. I can't complain too much. The weekend's just about here, and it's also about to be the first official visit weekend slate for Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks. We're going to touch on that in more detail in a little bit. But, Brian, I want to start off with a guy that's not going to be on campus this weekend, and that is arguably the biggest target on the Gamecocks board in Dylan Stewart. Now, Dylan Stewart has been in Nashville doing some things with another company this week, and he has had a couple of interesting sort of things that he has done. First, he gave a quote to another national recruiting guy saying that he saw what Shane Beamer is building down in Columbia and that he might want to be a part of that. And then he followed that up the very next day by wearing a Tennessee volunteer shirt. So, Brian, I'm not trying to overreact to this whole thing, but my question to you as somebody that's followed this stuff for a very long time is, is Dylan Stork just playing the game here? Maybe it's just trying to keep everybody guessing? Or... Did the Volunteers really make a move with him when he took an official visit to Knoxville this past weekend? A kid like that, I, I pay zero attention to what they wear and what they post on social media. Zero. It's uh, They're trying to get as many followers as they can. They want as many fan bases to like their stuff. It's part of the ploy. It, it's just part of the, the world that we live with college football recruiting. And he knows how to play the game. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Dylan Stewart, he's got some of the biggest heavyweights in the entire country that are going after him. Of course, you got South Carolina, you got Tennessee, you got Georgia, you got Ohio State. Alabama's been thrown in there a few times as well. The Miami Hurricanes also. Um, Brian, Stewart is going to take four official visits throughout the month of June. South Carolina's going to get the last official visit slot for this month. But outside of South Carolina, which official visit should Gamecock fans closely pay attention to? In other words, who's that other team that the Gamecocks might need to watch out for at this moment in time with Dylan Stewart? To me, it's always Georgia because they're the two-time defending champs. I know South Carolina fans don't want to hear that, but I mean, it's name a school that does better with front seven defenders than UGA. That's got to be attractive, man. Uh, when he takes his visit, that's when I'm going to pay the most attention because they're the leader in the clubhouse for anybody they want to be for the most part. They're recruiting at an incredible level. So the UGA visit definitely stands out to me. 
Yeah, and South Carolina, they have been in a lot of battles with Georgia over the past couple of years for defensive line prospects. I mean, this past recruiting cycle, Xavier McLeod was probably the biggest name in terms of guys that both of these programs were pursuing. And there's Justin Green for the 2024 class as well, who is going to be taking an official visit this following weekend. So a couple of different position battles, or excuse me, prospect battles to watch between South Carolina and Georgia. Brian, I now want to talk about a guy that is from your neck of the woods down in the state of Florida, and that is Dontre Robinson. Now, Robinson is a name that Gamecock fans, you probably haven't heard about a whole lot on this show, and that's because there hasn't really been a whole lot of traction. But Robinson recently took an unofficial visit to Columbia earlier this week. He seemed to have a pretty good time following up that visit with some social media posts. And Robinson is an interior defensive lineman. In South Carolina, you know, they're pretty deep in that spot, Brian, but they're also upperclassmen heavy. So Shane Beamer and his staff, they're probably trying to look to get ahead of the curve here in terms of not seeing a mass exodus and then scrambling to try to fill up those spots in a season or two. So what are your thoughts on Robinson visiting South Carolina and where could they fit into the equation moving forward? He's a massive young man. I've, I've been following him for three years. He's a kid that everybody here in Central Florida where I live has known about. Plays at Jones High School in Orlando, a program that's got a ton of players. But when DeAndre walks on the field, you don't need to know his jersey. Uh, he, he stands out. He, he's 320, 315, something like that. He, he's a big boy. Uh, Texas, Georgia, Florida, everybody's offered him a scholarship. So South Carolina getting involved and getting a visit is unique because I hadn't talked to him about South Carolina before. So I'm really interested, just like you and South Carolina fans, to see how the official visit stuff goes. He, they're kind of the newcomer, if you will, to the party. But you can never have enough guys that can play one tech, especially in the SEC. You, you, there's no such thing as a depth chart there. Just keep getting more and more. Let the cream rise to the top. So if Georgia, Florida, Texas, those kinds of schools want an interior defensive lineman, what does that tell you? <laughs> it's not It's not rocket science. So he's a great kid. He's a lot of fun to be around. And he's one of the rare guys, man, that can move despite his size and make plays along the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, there's a reason he's got the offers. Those are the exact kind of linemen that SEC teams are always looking for. And, I mean, South Carolina, they, they managed to pull out a really big-time recruit in this past recruiting cycle over the Florida Gators and Grayson Pup powered at linebackers. So, you know, could South Carolina pull it off again with Robinson? Of course, there's a lot of time remaining in his recruitment. So we'll have to see, like Brian said, how all of his official visits are going to play out. Brian and I are going to get now more so into the official visit slate that's coming up this weekend for Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks in just a moment. But Brian, before we touch on all that, I want to let all of the viewers and listeners know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000, meaning that you'll get $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. By the time this show comes out, the first game of the NBA Finals has already been played out between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, of course, are right now viewed as the heavy favorite because of the Joker and the seemingly nightmare mismatch that he provides to every single one of his opponents. But also, you can't count out Jimmy Butler, a guy that has been playoff Jimmy for the majority of this year's playoffs. So who do you think is going to win between the Heat and the Nuggets? Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Thank you so much to all of you every day for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. All right, Brian, let's get into now some of the official visitors that Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks are going to be hosting this upcoming weekend. Now, this weekend's crop, it might not be quite as big or maybe as notable as some of the other groups they're going to have coming in later this month, but that doesn't mean that there aren't some big-time targets that are going to be on campus. The Gamecocks are hosting guys like Jalewis Solomon, Braylon Russell, and Parker Livingston from the states of Georgia, Arkansas, and Texas, respectively. And Brian, admittedly, with all three of these guys right now, the consensus seems to be that South Carolina's got some ground to make up with each of these prospects. So, Brian, for South Carolina, what exactly do they need to do to maybe try to trump some of the in-state teams or the nearby programs that seem to be in the lead for each of these guys right now? I think it's the big picture situation. Can South Carolina be a consistent contender in the Southeastern Conference? If South Carolina can prove that this year and you know they build on these official visits, they're going to get some of these kids. Beamer is a heck of a recruiter. He's got several guys on his staff that are really good recruiters. They had a good season last year. Now what can they do? They're not historically a dominant program in the SEC, but they're recruiting like it again. So now you got to prove it. you got to prove it on the field. They're going to get some commitments this summer, but it's not like, you know, Texas is going to stop recruiting any of the kids or Arkansas or Georgia or whatever. You got to prove it on the field so you can keep them and keep getting more of them. I'm not worried about the refer on the recruiting trail. They do a great job. That that's, that's part one. They've, they've accomplished that and they're getting the kids on, on campus. Now they got to go win some ball games and prove what they can do over and over again. In terms of all three of these prospects, which one of them sort of impresses you the most with uh, what you know about each of these guys? Oof. Trying to pick one kid? Wow. I I don't know. Lewis, J. Lewis Solomon. I, I'm always partial to guys that can play corner because that's just a hard spot to land. I'm not taking mm-hmm. anything away from anybody else, but – you could never have enough corners, especially in today's world with the spread. So I would go with him just based on need. I don't know if he's the best player, but the speed and the athleticism, he could play free safety, he could play receiver, whatever he wanted. I'll take that kid. Um, games are won now just as much outside the numbers as they are in the box, which we used to never say. But you can win a game based on that. And if you've got a, a corner that can take away the opposing team's best receiver, your chances of winning go way, way up. Yeah, and South Carolina, you know, they've got the defensive backs coach that I think that can land someone like Lewis Solomon and Torian Gray. Torian Gray has built up a really good track record in his first couple years in Columbia of being a guy that can not only develop talent, but obviously recruit them to the program as well. Both guys that are blue chip prospects and guys that are also sort of known as diamonds in the rough. Nobody knew the name Nick Emmonworry for South Carolina in the 2022 recruiting cycle, he wound up being a freshman All-American through multiple publications. So, Torian Gray, he can identify talent, and he can certainly develop them. So, maybe that's something that they can do in order to land maybe a guy like Julius Solomon. But, Brian, I guess that leads to another question of mine, just out of pure curiosity. Obviously, you've got NIL, and these guys still want to win. They don't want to go to a program that's going to be like around 500 every single year. But, in terms of maybe individual development or just sort of the overall attractiveness of the program. What do prospects value the most these days when they're trying to make a decision? If it's a kid that believes in himself, it's development. 
there are certain kids, the NIL is important, and there are a lot of shady characters in recruiting, as we all know. Um, but it, it's still about development. It, it, you wouldn't get to this level to get recruited by a Southeastern Conference program if you hadn't worked hard to be a skilled football player. So now they want to take that next step and get beyond college and become an NFL player. So that's why the relationship they build with their position coach and or their coordinator, no matter the side of the ball, is huge. You know, it's mm-hmm. not that they don't want to meet Beamer or they don't want to meet Saban or whatever coach. Right. Position coach, the relationship, and how am I going to get developed? Those are the things that will probably trump out the money more than anything else. Yeah, and once again, South Carolina so far, they've done a pretty good job in most of those aspects, and they'll have to continue to do so throughout the month of June and going into this next football season. He is Locked On's resident recruiting insider, Brian Smith. You can find Brian Smith on Twitter at FBSCOUT, essentially FBS Scout underscore Florida. Brian, appreciate you coming on to today's show. Where can all of the folks find you for maybe some of your other work that you do? Same handle. Uh, Twitter is my main one, but I'm on Instagram and I'm definitely on YouTube. Do a lot of reviews of, of prospects, especially in Florida and Georgia. So it's it's the time of year that it's fun, man. I'm, I'm doing a lot of different stuff and you're going to find different kinds of information. You're going to find different kinds of prospects all through my uh, different social media handles. All righty. Once again, want to give another shout out to Brian Smith, Locked On's resident recruiting insider for joining us on today's show. Really appreciate all the insight that he gave us regarding South Carolina's start to the official visit season. Now, don't go away because we're not done quite yet on this Friday edition of Locked On Gamecocks as we'll discuss the Gamecocks' first match in regional play against the Central Connecticut State Blue Devils in just a couple moments after a word from these messages. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. The Gamecocks play the Central Connecticut State Blue Devils later tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time in their first game of the NCAA Regionals here in Columbia. Catch every pitch of the South Carolina Gamecocks hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app by searching South Carolina or Gamecocks. This game is also going to be streaming live on ESPN+. So let's do a deep dive now into this contest. And let's start off with the Blue Devils pitching staff because Connecticut State is not going to be using their ace pitcher in Dominic Nyman as was reported earlier this week and honestly admitted by their own coach in Charlie Hickey. So the Blue Devils are going to roll with Jake Newman, who is 6-2 and in 13 starts this season, has posted a 4.65 ERA to this point, along with a 7.03 strikeout-to-walk ratio. So, Newman, while he's certainly not Dominic Nyman in terms of the overall stat line, he's a pretty decent pitcher in his own right. And while we don't know exactly which relievers are going to be utilized by Central Connecticut State on Friday night, The Blue Devils' top three relievers out of the bullpen in terms of ERA are Nick Garofalo, Vincent Spazalco, and Anthony Mosacato. No other pitcher on the staff has an ERA below 5.21. And the staff's cumulative ERA 
is 5.02. So overall, Central Connecticut State doesn't seem to be a team that possesses a lot of competitive depth for this kind of baseball game. And again, that's not very much of a surprise, but they also have very few pitchers that possess really good command. And even with those pitchers, sometimes Central Connecticut State seems to have a tendency to catch far too much of the plate when their pitchers are out there on the mound. So if you're South Carolina, I'm not going to make it out like this is going to be a cakewalk. But the Gamecocks, to put it bluntly, do not have a whole lot of an excuse to have a bad offensive night against this team. Central Connecticut State, again, their depth's not very good, and for the most part, the pitching staff's collective command is not very good. This ought to lead to not just a lot of runs being scored, but also a lot of potential free bases. And South Carolina, they have shown multiple times throughout this season that when they have good plate discipline, they can be extremely dangerous during any time of an inning and at any point during a game. So if you're the Gamecocks, just look for your pitches. Don't swing at stuff off the plate and you'll be just fine. Now let's move on to the Blue Devils batting lineup. A quick reminder for this portion of their team, Central Connecticut State is not going to have their best hitter for tonight's game in Ramon Jimenez, as he is serving a one-game suspension, which was also discussed by their head coach, Charlie Hickey, on 107.5 The Game on Wednesday. Jimenez is batting 347 for the year at the plate, has a 1.064 OPS, has put together 11 homers, and batted in 57 runs. So, overall, Jimenez is their best all-around player at the plate. Now, their next best hitter behind Jimenez is Jeff Nicole, who has a 311 batting average, a 1.055 OPS, 5 homers, and 27 ribbies. The Blue Devils' collective strikeout-to-walk ratio at the plate is 1.43, which is pretty good because that means that they usually see the ball quite well when they are batting. However, the thing about Central Connecticut State that could doom them in this game against South Carolina is the fact that these guys do not really get a whole lot of extra bases through power, plate discipline, and speed because their secondary average is .322, which to save y'all all the research and everything, is way lower than every single other team in this regional. South Carolina's secondary average is like somewhere around 4.43, so it's a whole tenth of a percentage point higher than Central Connecticut's. So overall, the Blue Devils are a ball club that has to string hits together consecutively and basically go station to station when they are at the plate. However, they do have a couple guys in their lineup that, again, have very good plate discipline and can reach base via a walker-free pass. And for South Carolina's pitching staff and for James Hicks, who's going to be starting against the Blue Devils on Friday night, what you have to avoid is making too many mistakes. Don't let mistakes snowball to where one walk leads to a base hit, which then leads to a run being scored or a whole run being hit eventually. Don't let those things pile up on you. Again, no one's expecting James Hicks to go out there and play a perfect game or pitch a perfect game. But James Hicks just has to be sure that, again, he does what he needs to do, locate his pitches. Don't try to overcomplicate things with this batting lineup. This batting lineup is not a powerful batting lineup, and they've certainly not faced very many teams that have the talent that you have in your 
bullpen and on the mound. So just take care of business and you'll be just fine. And that's kind of my overall synopsis with this entire game on Friday night. Again, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's 100% guarantee that South Carolina is going to move on to the winner's bracket. We have seen crazier things happen. We have seen plenty of number four seeds in the NCAA regionals in the past upset number one overall seeds in regionals. It's not like that there's no chance of it happening. But with Central Connecticut State, I just don't feel like this is a good matchup for them. I just don't think that their depth is good enough either at the plate or on the mound. And I think for South Carolina, especially with the increased noise over the course of this week regarding Campbell being the most likely team to exit the regional per a lot of national pundits and analysts, I feel like South Carolina is going to come out on Friday night, first of all, rejuvenated, second of all, healthy or healthier, and third of all, they're going to have a massive chip on their shoulder because they're going to want to go out there and prove that what happened the last four or five weeks is not the South Carolina Gamecocks of 2023. It's not the way their season's going to end. People are making too much of what all happened in the month of April and May. And Campbell, while they are a good team, listen, you're in South Carolina's ballpark. You aren't playing up at Bowie's Creek. You're not playing in Fayetteville, North Carolina. You're playing at Founders Park. It's the South Carolina Gamecocks home turf. Very few teams this entire season have come into South Carolina's ballpark and won easily. The only one, honestly, that has been able to accomplish that to this point has been Auburn. Any other team that did beat South Carolina in the home ballpark, they had to go to a third game to win, if I recall correctly. So, for the Gamecocks, just go out there and do your thing, and if you just make the right plays more often than not, you should find yourselves in the winner's bracket facing the winner of the Campbell-NC State matchup early Friday afternoon. With that being said, y'all, that's going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What do y'all make of Dylan Stewart, given the quote about South Carolina and then turning around and wearing a Tennessee shirt? Do you think that we need to make anything out of that? Also, on the official visit slate, let me know which recruit you would like to see commit the most to South Carolina this weekend. Which maybe blue chip prospect would you love to see South Carolina maybe win an upset over another prestigious program? And also, what are your thoughts on the Gamecocks' first game in their regional against Central Connecticut State? Let me know your thoughts on all those topics down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube. Or you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at a lion underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in to this Friday edition of Lockdown Gamecocks. Have a great rest of your Friday, a fantastic start to the weekend, and if you're going to be at Founders Park tonight, be sure to cheer on those guys really hard. They need every bit of it they can get. Remember, it's a new season. Give the guys a chance. I promise you, I feel like they're going to go on a bit of a run here when it counts the most. I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. Gamecocks podcast.